Be secure in the Lord. He's holding us. He's with us. We are his and he is ours. Amen? Cool. I'm going to hand over to Hannes. If for those that don't know him, he's been... <laughs> he can introduce himself again, but yeah, it's, it's lucky having you back, bro. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Lekker. Good. It's good to be back with you guys. Thank you. It is good to be back. For those of you who don't know me, oh, me and this water every time. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Hannes. I'm married to my wife sitting on that side, somewhere down there. And uh, I, I technically leave this congregation, but I was gone for like a month, more than a month. Um, it's good to be back. Um, it, it's far. That's all I can tell you. I don't know how these pilots and aerosolists did it for years. So I've been to Manila. I had to do this today just to prove that I was there. I couldn't buy, I, I, was, I couldn't get over my heart to try and buy a wallaby shirt and, and even less an all-black shirt, even though they were on sale. I don't know why. Trying to get rid of the stuff. But so I, was, I was down in the Philippines in Manila with a bunch of these guys that came with me and then also down to Australia and New Zealand for 25 days. That was a long trek, eh? Uh, and I had to do it without my wife, unfortunately. Not again. It is, it's too long. So, uh, but it was, a, it was a great privilege, man. And so, I don't know how much these guys said. I could see they, they taught you guys some Filipino or whatever that language is. But um, if, I, if I could quickly summarize just what was, what was great for me. It was three such different type of outreaches in one go. That's what it felt like. So we had Philippines, which is like as poor as can get, you know, we, college was with us, of course, so which means we had to go for a run on the very first day that we got there, and uh, we, in like 35 degrees, 100% humidity, went for a 16k run, that was great, and I nearly died, and um, so we, and, and we, as, as all good Capetonians, we looked on the map for the closest water point, so we found the lake, we're like, okay, cool, let's run there, it should be a nice view, meanwhile, we ran straight into the slums, <laughs> like, <laughs> Pablo Escobar vibes, <laughs> and, uh, and it was just so great that I think we, it's a place that you would never see if you go as a tourist, or actually where we ministered, and, uh, and so um, we ran in there and like ran on a little beam, not wanting to fall off because of the sewage downstairs, and uh, no jokes, okay, so we all like, if you fall here, you throw away your shoes, and um, why did I even start sharing the story, and uh, anyway, so we, we saw the, like the extreme, extreme poverty, yeah? And uh, which was quite interesting because the church is there. If you, so we went to this one church and t- tell you, he's like, go behind, behind the palm trees and the banana leaves and whatever. It's like serious drugville. And then you come into this building, which they turned into like a Hillsong vibe. I don't know where they get the money from, but it's like a big screen, bigger, bigger than what we have, okay? as big as a wall and pumping sound and lights and whatever. And uh, it was quite interesting. So the, the field we were lighting or, or starting to relate with, uh, it, it was quite sad to see actually just how the American church influence came into a country and like says this is what church should be like, you know, smoke, light, action, boom. And uh, as little as those people have, they give to the church to try and buy two lights, you know, and thinking that it will um, bring the presence of God. And, uh, and it was, I think that was quite hectic for us to see, you know, it's like how the church has been warped through Western influence, thinking that that is where we find life. And, um, and actually just, man, we had to go back to the, I think, the basics, basics with them. Just, you know, what is, why do we do what we do here? Why do we come together? It is not the, I mean, we can invest some money and buy some smoke lights action, but it's not going to bring the presence of God. And uh, it's like, it's intimacy with God that we're that we after, you know. It's like following Him, obeying Him, eagerly awaiting the day of the Lord. So that was interesting. And then 
And Clifford and I, I don't know how much he shared, bro. He shared probably a little bit. But went to this church, and I, I, I was praying the night before, and I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch the, the England-South Africa game, okay, so maybe I wasn't on my sharpest, and, uh, but thinking, man, I'm going to preach into worship, because this, this church needs to, like, learn how to worship, you know, and it's like, what is it, and it's not about the light, so I've, I've got this message ready, and they took Clifford and I to the wrong church, and Jay and them to the wrong church, so they, they get to the, the one where I should be, and I, Clifford and I get to a place where there's, like, 12 people together, or something like that, and I I'm thinking, okay, yes, I don't know how it's going to work, but we're just going to go for it. And uh, I've got my worship message ready. And I tell you, before we sang a word, man, they started, it's like the presence of God came into that room, and both him and I wept. And I'm like, I can't preach what I wanted to preach. And uh, we had to like shift things around and like, uh, like and, and we just ministered prophetically because I was like, so it was, it was super precious to see, like, even though um, I think there's a church that for years got. Um, warped by just um, other influences. Uh, there's been people that the Lord reserved for himself that, are, that know the presence of God. And I tell you, it was undeniable when, that, when, they, when we started that service. It's like the presence of God rushed into that room. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we teach these guys now? That was like it's, uh, thinking we know better, you know. And actually, we took a low posture and we just served the guys, just loved them. And um, that was beautiful, man. So we, we loved it. That was great. I, I want to say it was great to have these three, three guys with me. Um, college is not here. And, uh, but it was, uh, that was such a blessing, man. And just seeing you know, Jay preaching at a youth service, you know, going for it. And uh, Clifford sharing and uh, ministering with me and risking it. And uh, the guys have been great. He's, he's a good guy. I just wanted you guys to know that. Um, he, he was the revelation of the trip, I'd say. <laughs> uh, so, but it was lucky. Even, uh, I would say this publicly, actually, Marty, okay, I'm going to do this again, just stay there. Marty, Marty said this. You, you guys remember Marty from Adelaide? So we met up with them in, in the Philippines. They've been working in there for some time and just said, just watch that guy. Um, there's something on his life. And uh, it was great to see that the Lord just unlocking it in a week, you know. So uh, that was cool. Then went over to Adelaide, which is like, man, that's, that's quite hysterical. Actually, I don't know if you've been there, but it's like Bloemfontein at the ocean. It's the only way that I can describe it. The building style looks the same. It's as dry. It's, uh, and, uh, but uh, it's got a beautiful view, which is better. And there's koalas and kangaroos, which is great. So I, I ran with a bunch of kangaroos. And, uh, but, um, what I, so that was completely different again. It felt like I came home. So there was a church of uh, 120 people. They're 412. They're part of us. And it felt like I was at home. And I worked my butt off. Okay? So they, they, in a week, I, I did... Worship training, leaders training, combined church communities, and two Sunday services in five days. <laughs> so I was like broken. And then every meal you have with people, they try and draw out of you and speak. And so when I got on that plane, I was like squeezed like a lemon. And uh, it just sucked right. But it was so, man, we had such a good time. And, and um, actually just seeing, you know, that again, what the Lord is doing there and how he's strengthening that base. Because for them, the Philippines is only 10 hours. For us, it's 26 hours. And so that if we can strengthen that base while that they can build into some of those regions, the Philippines, the uh, Fiji, all those areas, it was great. And then I went down to Auckland to see our beloved Daron Catherine, uh, which was great. And uh, they're doing well. And there's a church of about 12 to 15 people meeting in their house. And um, they've just finished like a ton of church planting courses. You guys seen the church planters course on the photo of So They've just done that as a church for 20 weeks. How's that? You think this is church was a lot for seven weeks. 20 weeks they've done that. But just building it into their vision 
And, uh, and Daryl is actually in South Africa at the moment in Durban. His mom is uh, really sick. She's about to pass with cancer. So he came down, and I think he's trying to just finish that season, you know, with his, with his mom, and then going back in the new year and really praying that the Lord will save many. And uh, it was good to trust with him that God will save New Zealanders, man. Uh, I tell you, uh, we, 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 that was a, New Zealand was a weird place for me, if I'm very honest, okay? Like, you there, but I heard more Afrikaans than English in the shops. Like, there's just so many South Africans there. And... Um, and it's like a, it's a completely different dynamic. And I said, I would love for the Lord not to just save ex, expats, you know, that move there. But like the Kiwis, there's a, there's a lost nation, the Maoris that, that, that need Jesus. And um, so we can definitely pray with them. And I, I would say, if you want to pray for Darren and Catherine, I, I would just say that um, immigrating is not always as romantic as what it looks. The grass just isn't always greener, you know. It's just things that I remember. So I don't think of mine sharing. But... Uh, Darrell and them had, a, had a, a cleaner that was with them for five days a week here. You don't get that there. And so suddenly for the first time in their marriage, they need to do the dishes and the washing and the whatever. And they glitched that. It's like, well, who's going to help the kids suddenly to jump in? And uh, it's just, I think things like that you don't think about before immig- immigrating. So you might be safer, but that's about it. And they, they work hard and uh, stuff's expensive, man. I remember buying a pie and you're like, 120 bucks for a pie. <laughs> My goodness, you know. And uh, it's just, I said to Marissa, I'm not going to convert back to Rand. You'll get depressed, you know. And, um, but uh, it's just not always greener. But there was, a, even in speaking to them, what was cool is they could say the one stake they could put in the ground is convinced that God has called them to move. And so even though it wasn't for the original reason of a better life necessarily, because it doesn't immediately look like it, that uh, God has called them there for a reason. So we can definitely keep praying. Them. They miss you guys. Man, they highlighted so many of you that just said, we miss this. How's this person doing? How's that? So we spoke more about Malkbos than about Auckland at some stages. But uh, that's been great. And um, I want to say thank you for taking good care of my wife here and my child while I was away. That helped me. I think they slept at home for like a week out of five weeks almost, the, 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 or four weeks that I was gone, uh, that they just stayed with many of you and visited and had meals. And thank you so much for that. We do appreciate it. Uh, that helped me. But I would say this, I wouldn't do that long again without them. I, I learned that, that lesson now. So initially the plan was, the reason I did it that long is to have a Sunday in each nation. But I realized you can do midweek meetings and stuff and short and stuff along the way. So, but are we going to go again? Hopefully in August. We, we need, that visa was so expensive, we need to use it twice. <laughs> so, so we'll probably try and go again in, in August if you guys want to get your stuff ready and do a similar trip um, to that place needs Jesus, man. And uh, it was great uh, before I started with my priest. I was just like, um, it was great. Uh, I did not fly with my Springbok jersey into New Zealand because I wasn't keen to get searched in places that I wasn't keen for. Just so, um, they they were quite bleak, you know. I, I came in like two days after we won the World Cup, so they were not not very amped about South Africans coming in. But uh, that was a, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Anyway, let's pray. That was a, just a, a quick overview. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I, I want to thank you for your church. Um, thank you, God, that you, that you form us together, build us together. Thank you that we can go to different nations, but you're the same Jesus. That we can go and we can proclaim you and just find you and see together that, that we, we can find your presence. And um, I want to pray, Lord God, that you would minister to us today. I, I pray even in light with what Andrew shared yesterday, that um, would you ground us today, God? 
and that we can eagerly await the coming of the Lord. I pray that we will not get so caught up in, in what this world has to offer and just the temporary things. But God, may we look to you today in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Just lastly, uh, just before I jump in, I just want to say how good a job that Boren and the elders do. Eh? That was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> They, it's really, it's so lucky to see from that side. So I, I wasn't, I would say, it is amazing that I wasn't stressed for one moment about what was going on here. The only question I kept asking Boren is, are you still having fun? And he said, yes, too much. And that was, that was great. So um, it, is, it is amazing that we, we can go away and we can trust the church, you know, with the, with the team here and the leaders. And, mm. yeah, Boren and you guys did a great job, man. Um, good. All right. Who of you were there last night? Let me give you a quick, see, a quick overview. So if you weren't there last night, I just want to say, unfortunately, I'm just sorry, I can't do justice to try and recap that preach, okay? Can you, I was just thinking last night, can you imagine how many hours of prep that must have taken, okay? So um, if you weren't there, I would encourage you uh, to go look on our 412 website probably within the week. Uh, they're going to have the recording up there. And so Andrew shared with us about just, you know, the, the current state of affairs with um, Israel and Gaza and the war that's happening there. And the reason why is the Bible does not say about a lot about South Africa, but there's a lot in the Bible about the Middle East and um, Israel and those places, you know. And, and when the wars and stuff going on like that, it's not just, okay, well, great, they're bombing one another there, good thing we're here. It is actually for us to look, and there's a lot that the Lord said about look, look at it, and, and that God actually says, be, these things need to happen before I come back. And, um, and so what do we do as a church, you know, to be grounded amongst us? Whose side do we choose? What do we do? We don't, and, and I think Andrew did such a good job to not choose sides. And uh, what is the Lord's position in that? So please, if you wonder where this is all going, I can't give you all the biblical grounding in it. But uh, definitely worth a watch, I think, for, for Christians to be grounded over what is, to see what God is doing in the, in the nations. And um, to, to take note about it. And but I, I thought this morning, I'm, I'm not going to preach for too long because I literally clubbed this together last night and this morning early. But I, uh, <laughs> so someone laughed already when I said I'm not going too long. But, um, but I, I thought I just want to ground us with what, what I think the Lord wants us to do out of it. It's great to hear, okay, well, that's cool. Can get an overview of what's happening. But what is our position as a church? You know, just what are we supposed to do with it? And there was just something that stood out for me in the preach. Um, that I thought, man, I want to highlight for us today, and it is as simple as this, that Jesus is coming back. Okay? Jesus is coming back, and we should never forget it. I think it happens so quickly with us that we just get caught up in the here and now and, and what needs to happen now and what are we busy with and the, the, the rabbit race or the, the rat race and, uh, and the hamster wheel of life and just... Week after week after week after week, going through the motions. And we, it's like, okay, cool, he'll come back one day. No, 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 but actually the Bible, while we were worshiping in response, I, I heard this verse in, or just, I was just remember, reminded of this verse in 2 Peter 3, uh, 12, that says, you can actually hasten the day of the Lord's coming. You should. Like, eagerly await Jesus to come back, and we can speed up the day of his coming. Did you know that? Not a lot, not a lot, of, not a lot of knots there. We should, we should speed up the day of the Lord's coming. Eh? To say that, and 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 actually say like God said, 
There's certain things that need to take place, and, and one of the things we heard last night is that Jesus said he will not return before Israel has his, the Jews have their moment again to respond to the Lord and to acknowledge that he's um, the, the, the Messiah. Yeah? And, and we, but in, before that can happen, there's the time of the Gentiles. So we need to reach the Gentiles that they can respond to the Lord because he wants us to, to be grafted in. We're the Gentiles, by the way. Okay. Yes, I'm not going to do just to do this, but I just want to ground us here quickly. And, but the, the point is there's a mission. There's a mission for us to reach the world. Our mission is not just to be a good doctor or a good teacher or a good businessman or a good surfer. Man, that is not our, that is not our life purpose. We've got, a, we've got a mission set before us to complete that can hasten the day of the Lord's coming. And we must eagerly await Jesus' coming. And there was a moment, I think, last night when Andrew responded, when he was like, who of you got settled with just being... Man, thinking, I still want to get married, man, and I still want to have kids, and, and, and I don't want Jesus to come back now. There's still a lot of things that I want to do here. Okay? I, I'll be honest, before I was married, I, I had that prayer. Please, God, I want to get married, okay? And, uh, and now you're like, okay, and it just never stops. Now I'm thinking, man, we still maybe want to have a second child, you know? Please, Jesus, like, that'll be so lucky. One is cool, but, and um, just realizing that, 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 I, I look so much on this earth and the, maybe the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that I have here and how I can make this as comfortable when, when God says that actually life here is like a mist. It's here today, gone tomorrow, and then we have eternity ahead of us. And, um, and that is the point. What we do in the mist matters. You guys remember that part from earlier this year? And um, so I want to I wanna tell you a story that I, that I heard. And um, there's something called the power of observation. And so there was a study that they did it with a bunch of students. They put them in the room, and they gave each of them an orange. And they said, look at the orange, okay, for 15 minutes. And uh, now imagine you're getting an orange, and you're like, cool, I've seen, I've seen this thing before, okay? It's orange. It's orange. And, uh, and there's maybe, you know, the skin might be a little bit, uh, what do you call it, uh, bitter, oily, okay? And you're like, cool, that's orange. But they say, if you look at this thing for 15 minutes, you'll, you'll see a lot more than just the orange. You start to see the, the patterns on the skin. You, you start to smell it. You start to recognize certain things about the thing. Okay? They, then they said there was a guy called Louis Agassiz, okay, however you say that, but he was a Swiss biologist. And what he did is he took a student and he put him in a room and he gave him a, a sunfish, you guys, you know that stuff that looks like a shark when it's on its side, okay? Sunfish. Ivan sees it plenty, okay? Thinking it's a, thinking it's a sunfish. Um, anyway, it's a, a shark. Anyway, uh, they give him a sunfish and say, I want you to observe this thing. And he, get, he left him for an hour and walked out. And the student, like, did his study on the thing, you know, whatever, looked at it. And then for three days, the, that Louis Agassi guy didn't come back, okay? And he just left the dude with a fish. And, uh, and he was like... Um, so he made a few more notes or whatever, and he came back and he asked, uh, asked him for his report on what he defined about the fish. And he said, no, it's not good enough. And he left him for 100 more hours with the fish. Okay? And, um, and they say, like, after the, like, first the student was, like, angry, you know, what are we doing here? And then whatever. Then he went back with new vigor. And then, actually, in, in the time they after, he says he took 10 hours a day for, for two weeks, I think. That he studied this fish. And then he started to see the, the little, the, the patterns of the scales and how they come together and the, the teeth. And they, they learned things about the teeth and the placement of the teeth and how, how that comes together and the different, um, you know, the, the, the size of teeth and all that kind of stuff. And there's like a, a lot more detail through observation that came. 
And, uh, and you know that today, there's not a lot of observation happening anymore about specific things like that, because life is just so busy. And uh, so, so we, we hear about um, God being majesty, and he, and he found us in his great love, and we're like, that's great, I've got to go to work tomorrow. And we, we run past, and we're like, we, at least we know God is love, but we, we never take time to sit and observe, and to, to study, and to, to get to know God, and to see what is he doing. And, uh, and you know, I mean, who of you listened to Andrew last night, and you're like, I don't know, that's all in the Bible. And I was like that. I was like, oh my goodness, like, you know, these things are, it's in here. And it's like, you know what that is? It's observation. Like, looking at God, looking at what He's doing, remembering that He said, I'm coming back, and there's certain things that need to take place before I'm coming back. Now, we're not into trying to say, God is coming back next year, May. Okay? If anyone does that, uh, like the, you're falling off the railroad because God said even the angels doesn't know. Okay? So anyone that says, okay, we got this time, this will happen, and then Jesus, like it's not. But we can look and observe that there's certain things that Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I wonder if he has to come back today, what state will he find us in? Speaking for you personally. What state will the Lord find you in? It's like, what's going to be, what, what is your heart going to be full of? Is, it, is your heart still full of observation for your business project that is ahead and the many plans that you have and the, the stuff? That, uh, please hear me. I'm not saying that that is evil and bad because God has put, put that into us. But, but is there going to be at least a part or, or can the, the, what should be part is our heart should be full of? Like, Longing for his appearance and what God wants to do in the earth and to, to save many and like, man, we are born for this. I, I sometimes get scared when I look at myself, you know, like I had a time on the way back from um, Wellington. I went to visit family down south in, in New Zealand and uh, 33 hours on a plane. And I have a lot of time for self-searching, okay, and, uh, and uh, just thinking, you know, and I was just thinking, man, I had, a, I had a great time away now, like, felt like I've covered a lot of ground, like, did what God wanted me to do, but am I, do I feel like I've done what I had to do if Jesus has to come back tomorrow, and, uh, man, I just can't tell you with a clear conscience that I've, and I, and I'm young, and I've maybe got some time ahead of me, but maybe not, and I, that I, that I can't say with a clear conscience that I've ran my race, and that, that I've done what he wanted me to do. I stole a lot of, lot of this earth and this world and the fleshy desires that's in me. And that I, it's like, I still want to do that and that and that and that. And, uh, and actually haven't finished my race that, that God set out for me. Yeah. And so I know, are you guys with me? This is very somber at the moment. And, uh, but I know that, man, we don't know when he's coming back. Even in Peter, he says, like, don't, don't, don't be fooled by those guys that say, oh, that's mocking you, that's saying he's coming back because they've said it for ages. So even there, there were guys already mocking them, saying, like, yeah, you've been saying Jesus is coming back for a long time. We'll, we'll read it now just that I can ground you. But um, sometimes we think, like, man, they've been, we've been waiting for 2,000 years already. What's the, what's the odds of him coming back tomorrow? Man, I just want to say, you don't know. You don't know. It's not a risk that we want to take with God to say, like, nah, it shouldn't be in my lifetime. I'll be okay. No, man. It's like a a earnest desire, eagerly awaiting of of the Lord coming back. Um, With me? All right. So we're going to read together in 2 Peter 3. I wonder if you can have that up for me. We're going to just read this portion together. Um, 
and see what the Lord wants to do. It says, this is Peter writing. So this is Peter's last letter. Sorry, in the finish. Peter is an old man. He's about to be crucified, actually, upside down. That's how Peter died, for those of you who don't know. He said, I'm not worthy to die like Jesus. So they crucified him upside down. So this is right at the end of his life. But he's, and he's writing to his church, and he says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both um, of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. So he's saying, actually, guys, I want you, you know, I, I read Peter quite a lot lately, actually. It's just, it, it does make us, like, think about, like, not just what is here, but it's, it, it, when I read Peter, he's saying, oh, man, there is a mission, and I've got a certain amount of years that I don't even know how much. I'm going to think I have 80. I might die tomorrow. Okay, so I've got a certain time that's allotted to me. Or I might not Jesus might come, Jesus might come back. But I've got to, like, I need to think about just what, what am I here for? It's this wholesome thinking. So I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. So say, think about what the prophets in the old said. You know, that what Andrew did with us last night. Just the prophecy. So think about what was written. And, and our God actually from the very start said to us, I'm going to send a Messiah who's going to die for you. Okay, we didn't know that. No one knew that. But he's going to pay the price. And then he's coming back again to fetch us. Mm. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Now, who of you have thought about that before? I'll be honest, I thought about that before. It's like, man, I've heard about this thing, Jesus coming back. They've been saying it for years. Okay, even there, Peter said, even in their, their, their days already, they said it. And they said, like, and so, man, we don't want to fall into the scoffing area, actually. There's a shifting of our postures that need to come. It's like, no, he is coming back. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the, the present heaven and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So he's just saying, listen, God created the heavens and earth from nothing. And, uh, and, and these heavens and earth one day is going to go up in flame. And God is going to judge as a righteous judge what we've done here and what is reserved for judgment and what is going to be reserved for glory. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And that is like, you know, we, I actually spoke to some of the guys last night, and we just said this. With God, it works like this. You know, if you read Mark, Mark, Mark is a very... Um, eager writer, and you would find in the book of Mark, he often says, like, there goes load shedding. He says, immediately, 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 immediately. Eh? I don't know if you guys read that. But with God, it takes a long time for a suddenly to happen. Eh? God is building, 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 and suddenly, boom, he, he, he calls. And I, this is why, it says, because for him, like, one of our days is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day for God. And so what we think is long, it's like, how can God take 2,000 years to come back? Two days for him. It's a, it's, 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 um, perspective probably from God's side, you know, like this. He's not slow in our, like we only think, man, we got this little life to live. Why doesn't he move faster? But it's like God is, is, is outside of time. He's, he sees the bigger picture. I think we sometimes, we just see what is in front of us and ahead of, ahead of us. I, I, I'm even thinking this trip for me was so good because it just takes you out of the, the, the rush of the day to day. And you just see that there's a whole life going on outside of this. 
and, and many people just on their, their rabbit trails and, 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 and like hamster wheels. And, and all of us are heading into eternity. Heaven or hell. And, and, and there's, a, there's a mission before us that God says, I want all men to be saved. And, um, and then he says, if you go on, he says, but the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the Lord's heart, you know. He says, like, man, we think God is slow. Why is he taking so long? You know why he's taking so long? Because very few people know about him. And we think, well, that's okay. At least we know him. No. It's like God says, look up. There's a bigger picture here. That there's many that he wants to come to repentance. That he wants at least to present the opportunity to come to repentance. Not everyone will come to repentance. But God wants everyone to at least have the opportunity to hear. We've got a mission set before us. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And that is like, I mean, we understand that well in South Africa, okay? If you knew when a thief was coming, you wouldn't come, because you'd be ready, okay? But the problem with thieves is you don't know. I seen the week they even tried to steal the Webb Ellis Trophy <laughs> at Saru, okay? Some guy thought, great, he's back here, let's go get it, okay? And uh, they managed to, to find the trophy. But the point is, if they knew the guy was coming, they would have had better security. A thief is like, you don't know when he's coming, man. And God says like this, you're going to think you're going to have some time left. You're still going to have dreams, your business plan, your strategy, your kids that you want to have. And suddenly, boom. You know, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people do you ought to be? That is a good question. So since we know this is going to happen, what is our responsibility? And that is after looking last night, you know, we can see, okay, cool. Much of it is being played out in front of our eyes. What does that have to do with me? That's what Peter was asking here as well. He says, you ought to live holy and godly lives. That's what he's saying. It's like, don't just stay on the hamster wheel of like just going through motions and try and fit God into your picture. He says, no, no, no. We should be living holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God's, uh, to the day of God and speed its coming. This, you can actually hasten the day of the Lord's coming, you know. There's, a, there's something that we can do. As we live holy and godly lives, we can speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. And, uh, and so I want to ask you, you know, what does it look like when, when Peter says to us, make every effort? Yeah. Have, we, have we come to a place where we are like, we are making every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with God? You sense that there's urgency when Peter says, even for them back then, there was, a, there was something that he preached, he says, make every effort, when, that if he comes back today, you can stand before God with, with no guilt, no shame, no sin. And, and I tell you, we, we will stand before him on the day, and we, he will, when he comes in his holiness, we'll see where there's still a lot in here that we thought we dealt with, and that we will never be pure. But if there's, if there's something in us that, we, that is like keeping us away from God, that it's like we're doing this, this tug of war with Him, and we're actually still half in the world, half with God, 
Peter is saying, no, 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 make every effort to be found different when, he, when he's coming back. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with wisdom that God gave him. He writes in the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of, uh, of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Who of you have read Paul's letters? Even Peter thought it was hard to understand. Okay, It's like, I don't get all of that. Which ignorant and unstable people distort. So it says, some of them took Paul's letters and they, they, they say, no man, that can't be like that. And they, they distort it. They, they actually make it none. Nothing. Ignorant and unstable people do that. As they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may be not be carried away by error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Now, just there, I want to say that if there's a, there's a theology going around, you know, that once saved, always saved, and you can never be, um, nothing can snatch you from the hand of God. And it's true, you know, there's nothing that can grasp us, but you can fall by your own stuff or off from God's secure position. Um, by, by not making, not, not being, not, not making every effort to, to be found with him. To, we can actually fall away, you know. There's a whole nother preaching that. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And just that last scripture, you know, that's where the, for me the power of observation thing came in. It's like to grow in grace and knowledge. I want to encourage you guys, you know, this book, guys, it must be, well read by us. Well, well searched. You know, I, I want to encourage you, like we always make a joke, but we say, uh, clean Bible, dirty Christian. Dirty Bible, clean, clean life, okay? And, uh, but your Bible must be, man, must, I want to encourage you, make stuff right in there, highlight. Search the scriptures. I've got pages that's full of coffee because in the morning I sit there and Lisa spill over me when, I, when I've got my coffee and my Bible. But I, I, I read this book. It's been broken. I had to take it to Francia to get fixed. Okay, where's Francia? He's a good Bible fixer, by the way, if you guys don't know it. Okay, if your Bible is... He, he put Genesis at the end, though, but... No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, that's a bad joke. Okay, no, it's, it's in order. But... Um, I, uh, this, like my, this Bible was broken and I had to get it repaired and I, I'm going to read it again. And I was like, I don't want to lose this one and just buy a new one because I've got notes in here, you know, that God has spoken to me. Like, you must devour this thing and, and, and grow in the grace and, and, and observe it and, and sit with it and, and look at it. This, it is impossible for us to await the coming of the Lord if we look at it for five minutes a day. It's like, that's amazing. And we go on with our life and, um, and we never get to observe what, what God is saying, you know, about His coming and about how He's coming back and, and just about what He wants us to do here. What does it mean for us to live holy lives and godly lives? There's so much in one chapter that we just read that we can, we can probably spend a year on that if we want to, on a, how, do we, how do we ought to live with what we just heard. It's time that we, that we need to spend and devour God and it's like learn, study. And, um, and you know what happens is the more you read this, the more we become aware, it's like, my life is not my own. That's what happens with me when I read this book, man. It's like, my life is like, I can't say, no, that is, this is what I want to do, and I'll try and fit God into that. No, no, no. The more I read it, the more, the more I do this, and say, God, whatever you want to do with me, I'm yours. That's what, that's what happens when you read this book. Because we see, we, we see that it's been His great mercy anyway. It's been His patience. Thank goodness God didn't come a thousand years ago. 
and we weren't born yet. <laughs> huh? Have you thought about that? A hundred years ago. It's like God waited for you and me. And, and He's given all of us opportunity to hear the gospel. He's given us opportunity to re- respond, to repent. That we too can be found with Him one day. It's the mercy of God. It's, that's not slowness, it's patience. He's actually waiting for us. Who of you took a long time to respond to the gospel? I sat under the gospel for 13, 15 years before I responded. Alan and Tess waited 70 years. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so it's not a competition. <laughs> but but some, of us, some of us took a long time to respond to the gospel. And you think like, that is the mercy of God. It's His patience with us. That He waited for us. That you didn't die before that happened. And I'm thinking about my life, and I don't have necessarily have quite a wild life, but thinking, I think I spoke to Clifford on the trip, and we were thinking, he said to me, he could have been dead a few times. You know, he spoke about car accidents in our BC days and whatever. And uh, that, that he didn't die. It's, a, it's the mercy of God for us. It's his patience with us. That he says, no, I, I, wanna, I want you to be with me. And God has the same patience with many others. And he says, they too, I want them to know me. And, um, but then, as we heard last night, and this is probably, for me, the theme of my life, um, Romans 10. I remember reading this verse when I was at school, and I was just cut to the heart. And I remember weeping. You've heard my story when, I, when that friend of mine died. But Romans 10, when it says, like, we know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. That's Romans 1, sorry, 1.16. And it says, first of June, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's power of God unto salvation for all who believe, okay? And then Romans 10 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I've heard that one. But then it goes further and it says, but how will they know if no one goes? It says, faith comes by hearing, but they, how are they to find faith if they cannot hear? And how are they to hear if no one preaches to them? And, and, and that doesn't come down to me and one or two or three others who raise their hands like, yeah, we'll go on a trip once every now and then. No, man. Like, there was this thing for a long time that says, that went around, and I know we, we smashed that one hard, but it says like, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Okay? It was a good idea, but I think it was a cop-out as well. It says, live a good life, but you don't have to tell you. No, man. Jesus said, preach. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, yes, sometimes people can look at us and they say, wow, I wonder what is different. But our faith comes as if they hear the gospel. And, uh, and there, there needs to come an urgency in us that we can speed the coming of the Lord's day by preaching the gospel, uh, giving men time to repent, and seeing that the Lord will play out his story and that he can come back and come fetch us. But all of us have a mission to live godly lives. And so I'm, I'm going to land here. But if for me, just last night, in the little bit of reaches that I've done in a few hours last night and this morning, what I could find is whenever it speaks in the Bible out about eagerly awaiting the coming of the Lord's day, or speed is coming, look, Jesus is coming back, whenever it speaks about that, it has two characteristics. One, it says, make sure that you live holy and godly lives. So one other thing, smack bang, throughout all of it, it says, make sure that your life is devoted, that you're all in. Make sure that there's not spot or blemish that, that you're okay with and just trying to wiggle our way through life, you know, with both. It says, make sure that as we hope for Jesus to come back, you are ready. Find that in all those scriptures. The second one, the theme that if we speak about awaiting the Lord's day, it says, people need to hear. They need to hear that there's a Savior. They need to hear that there's 
Jesus. And, um, you know, sometimes I just think we settle so quickly for, Malkbos is lacquer, man. I, mean, I like this town, you know. It's good. I mean, God wants to reach Malkbos. And then you go on a trip and you fly for 30 hours and you just see there is a whole other world that God wants to reach with the same gospel. And, and that he, he's, he's partnered us together to preach, you know. And it's like, it's a, there's a bigger mission than just coming to this house on a Sunday. And it includes all of us. And so I want to ready you. Can we, you know, as we eagerly await the coming of the Lord, saying we want to speed it, preparing our hearts, God, wherever you want me, whatever you want to do with me, amen. But we want you to come back. It is not about my life here and how comfortable I can settle this place, you know. I was, it was funny, even while I was away, I was looking at finding a bigger house in Malkbos and trying to find a bigger spot. And I was like, how can I make it more comfortable when I'm back? And like, it's like, even when I'm there, I was trying to like see what I can do. It's like, just realize, man, I'm, and it's not wrong, but this is so much that I want to settle boom, and uh, work with what I have here. When actually all of us have been called to go, hearts of pilgrimage, it's just God, whatever you want to do with us, use us, use us, use us. All right? That's what I want to, that's what I carried for this morning. Um, I want to land it there for us. Um, and, um, and so... I want to stir us, you know, as, as God's people. I think last night was one of those moments again. But I've had a few moments in my life where as a message like that was preached, and even this morning, uh, but I, I, it's like I, last night was one of those moments for me where there's like a commissioning of our hearts to say yes to the Lord. At 412, for those if you've been with us at 412, that last session, there was a commissioning of us to say the harvest is ready, we have to go. It's like a, a giving of ourselves. And I've had a few moments like that in my life with the Lord where I can remember... Um, at school, at times where the Lord has called me, I remember the meetings where I just where, where this conviction that came that there's a world that needs Him, and I said, "Amen, Amen." Do with me what you want to do, God. Like for twelve, I remember was another one of those where I said, "God, Amen." Whatever you want to do with me. Last night was one of those again where I just said, "Man, we can see that this is prophecy playing out in front of our eyes. We can't determine how much of it's going to happen, but you can see God is in it." And uh, and then what are we supposed to do? Lift our heads. Lift our heads. A weight is coming. Say, come, Jesus, come. And, uh, and God, I'm in. I'm ready. I want to be found without spot or blemish. And, and do with me what you want to do. Amen? So um, I want to pray for us. And why don't we stand together? Um. Yeah. I'm going to grab some water here. Mm. God, it is um, such a privilege to serve you and um, to somehow realize in moments like this today that, wow, God is coming back for us to fetch us. Whether we go and meet you or whether you're coming back, we're going to be with you one day. What a privilege. But there's so many others that need you, God. And um, Lord, I just realized our hearts so quickly get caught up in the here and now and what we want to do and our desires and what the world says to us, what is a good life, you know, and but actually our inheritance and our treasures are with you. We want to store up treasures in heaven and um, really be found with you when you're coming back. And just want to firstly pray. Uh, it's like, I know we've got some visitors with us today, and just for, but maybe you were like me, you've been in church for 15 years before I did this. But sitting under this gospel and Hearing, yes, he's coming back, that's great, I'm, I'm with Jesus. But actually, there, for most of my life, I was living with 
one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus and trying to do both and not being sold out and devoted to him. And uh, made Jesus my Lord and Savior. And, and, and I said, man, I realized that his patience for me was that I could come to the place where I realized I'm a sinner. I need salvation. I need what Jesus did for me on the cross to pay for my sins so that I don't have to pay for it. And that I can be with him one day when he comes back. That I too may be found with him. And there's opportunity this morning for us. This while every head is bowed and eyes are closed. It's between you and the Lord. But if you're sitting here this morning, you realize, man, maybe God has been patient with me that I too can get saved. That I too can be with him. And, and what Jesus needs is he's a, there's a response. In the Bible, as we read in, in, in the Gospels, Jesus everywhere said to people, leave what you're doing and follow me. There was a response that happened where he said, okay, stop. And uh, there was a bodily, a physical action where he said, go and do this or do this, you know. And uh, there's a moment for us to respond to the Gospel this morning to say, God, I'm in for what you want to do. I need Jesus. And I want to give you the opportunity, if you've never responded to the gospel before and said, I need salvation for what Jesus has done for me, and you want to respond to him this morning and say, Jesus, I need mercy too. Thank you for your patience. Would you save me too? That when you come back, I can be sure that I'll be with you for eternity. If there's anyone this morning that says, maybe I'm not sure, but I want to make every effort this morning to be found without spot or blemish. And you want to say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you raise your hand quickly where you are that I can pray with you and just celebrate with you? I've done it before. Most here have done it. It is the best decision that you make in your life. But if there's anyone here that's not sure, would you raise your hand real quickly that I can just pray with you? You don't have to be scared. It's a great, great thing. Is there anyone here? All right. That's great. Okay. And I want to speak to us as believers, you know, then all of us fall into the second category. <laughs> but uh, to respond to the Lord this morning, to say, God, that earth is not our home. It is, it is not, we're not here just to have a good life and make our own decisions and settle, but we're yours, God. And uh, we want to make every effort, Lord, to be found pure, holy, blameless, spotless. And... Um, I wonder, you know, this, even this weekend, what happened for me last night, is it was just a deeper yielding to the Lord. I said, God, I, uh, again, just commit my life to you. And as I, as I await you, God, as I wait for you, I want to make sure that I store up as many treasures as I can in heaven. That when, you, and then I'm, when I'm with you, wonder, I have a lot of crowns to throw before you. And if you just want to say, God, I want to be that again. I want to say, God, here I am, use me. I want to be devoted to you. And you just want to raise your hands where you are at. Just say, God, that's me. Amen. Amen. I'm yours, Lord. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, this morning, would you just come and um, receive, God, this offering from your people. I see that I want to pray, God, you see the hands and the hearts that are responding to your word this morning. And um, just say, God, would you do in each life what you want to do? And I pray, I pray, God, that all of us, that's responding this morning, God, can play our part in speeding the coming of Jesus. That we will eagerly await you, God. That, that somehow the, as we observe you, as, as we observe you, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. The more we look to you, the more we see you, somehow this world just looks less and less attractive. That we can't wait to just be with you, God. God, would you use your church um, that the gospel can reach the ends of the earth. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen.